what it looks like to have a healthy, godly mom and daughter relationship. Being able to have the hard discussions is super important. Are you dating? I'm not. Okay. <laughs> what does it look like to have boundaries? We're always going to be learning. Hello and welcome back to our Mothers and Daughters podcast. My name is Raven. I'm the daughter. And I'm Karen. I'm the mother. And well, before this, we did a little bit of research. Mom said vice versa on the last one. I'm still pretty sure it's vice versa. Yeah, um, she has no conclusive evidence. Apparently, (laughs) from a phonetic perspective, it could be pronounced vice versa. (laughs) I still think you can say vice versa and be safe. If you say vice versa, I think people would give you more flack. All right, Ray. (laughs) I can't believe that it's already almost February. I know. This is, it's going fast. Yeah, we're in the middle of January, nearing the end. Mm -hmm. And every time I think about February, I think about Valentine's Day why because it's just <laughs> like telling each other that we love each other every day why do we have yeah. to have one day set apart to say i love you think about your birthday is that the one day it's out celebration of, the year? of life like what would this person this soul came into the universe i mean really how much is a card now eight dollars <laughs> you're gonna pay eight dollars to tell somebody that you love them but that's why you just make your own oh my word well, okay wait a second you would always give us gifts on Valentine's Day. I know that. You give I'm us cute little PJ boxers. Silently, I silently protest the holiday. You silently protest it, but we've been celebrating it pretty much every year, Kerber. I, I, yeah, well, that year. You even sent me a care package when I was at Drake for college. That's because I love you. Now, think but about then why'd how, you do it on that day? Why didn't about, you do it on any other day? Well, again, I don't really know how I feel. I, I'm single. I don't have to worry about That's right. it at all. That's Praise right. God. That's, yeah, but again, well, anyway, I, I see I'm just joking around. I do think that obviously we need to tell um, each other how much we appreciate one another, how much we love one another, or how important people are to us other than, than Valentine's Day. Well, I'm even thinking about now Valentine's Day, there's that expectation that someone's going to do something for you or that someone that you love, significant other, will do something even if you think about proposals, there's this big expectation that it's supposed to be amazing, beautiful, candid at the same time type of thing where people can take pictures of it. It looks beautiful. It's this big production, but it's also down to earth or expectation for weddings or expectations for what it looks like to be a working man or woman. I mean, there are expectations over everything, but a lot of times our expectations aren't reality. Don't you have a quote about something is and expectations yes what is it so let's say you have high expectations and the reality comes far far below that then the space between expectations and reality is your attitude if the expectations you have is at a high level but reality comes in at a much lower level the space between those two Mm. is your attitude which is true when you have high expectations in reality um, it's disappointing your attitude is going to be a lot more negative versus if you came in far above your expectations you're going to have a great attitude about it so if your expectation is high then from your expectation down to reality is a negative arrow I guess you would say or a down arrow so that would mean it's probably a negative reaction but then you'd have to say, okay, but does it always have to be that way? If reality is different than your expectation, do you have to have a negative attitude? No. If reality comes far surpassing your expectations, you're going to have a positive attitude. Right. 
But what about when it doesn't? As Christians, what does that mean? Should our attitude be disappointment or be a bad attitude just because our reality doesn't match up with our expectations? I think that we have to manage our expectations. Mm. So then I think that saying would vary. I mean, I think it's true in that from where our expectations are to our reality, if that's our reality is way lower, then yeah, you would experience disappointment. But if it's way higher than our expectations, you'd experience happiness, excitement, joy, whatever. But as Christians, we're not supposed to let our reality dictate our attitude. No, but if we are grounded in the word and we understand even the teachings of Jesus, we're going to know that as Christians and followers of Jesus, we're persecuted. We're going to suffer. We're going to experience trial. And our expectation shouldn't be that our lives are going to be perfect. When we have expectations that, oh, if God's answering my prayer, my life is perfect. You know, I'll have a perfect life or I'll have a pain-free life. That's not reality, Hmm. period. So our expectations, even though we're not supposed to hang our heads and that, you know, we are to have true joy and flourishing in Jesus Christ, we should know by his word and, and truth that this is probably the closest to hell that we'll ever get. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that that should, like, should be this dark cloud or, you know, cast um, disappointment or anxiousness on us. But I think Jesus made it really clear that following him is not easy, but he's with us every step of the way. Hmm. So you're saying that your expectation, therefore, becomes closer to reality, so you're not disappointed. Exactly. If I expect a perfect life, no illness, you know, um, my relationships are on an all-time high, I have the perfect, which I don't even know what it looks like, spiritual life finances are are great and I'm saving money every month that's not reality Um, and Jesus said that we are going to experience pain and suffering as followers um, because our spirit is always at war with our flesh and so um, if we're operating you know in this world we're going to experience brokenness Mm -hmm. my expectations are not going to be valid if, if I don't know the word, his word, and if I don't understand the cost, I need to count the cost of being a disciple. Right. And that's my expectation. My expectation is that Jesus is with me. I can have joy and flourishing because of who he is and what he's done for me. Hmm. But my expectation is not to have a perfect life. And if, we, if I do, I'm going to experience great disappointment. Right, because your expectation is founded in your situations rather than in Christ and his character and so when that makes sense so then when you're rooted in my expectation is in Christ and his character and that he's good so despite my reality I still have that expectation that he is good yep and so therefore my expectation and reality would coincide or there wouldn't be a space for disappointment basically I guess Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it more along the lines of for instance say when with a mom and daughter when your mom does something that you didn't expect so for instance if your expectations up here and your reality is down here yes that makes sense that disappointment will come however as christians 
our expectations of life might be here, but when life throws a curveball and reality is lower than what we expected. So say we expected to get a job and we expected the job to go well and reality's lower, your theory or your model would say that that would cause disappointment. Or not even that, but it would cause a bad attitude, right? You're mm-hmm. saying more of the attitude mm-hmm. perspective. But as Christians, what I'm saying is no matter what, our reality, it will happen time and time again where it is way lower than our expectations. Mm-hmm. I could think, man, my family is going to be healthy mm-hmm. and my family is going to be taken care of and protected and someone could be taken advantage of. Someone could be killed. Someone could lose their life very quickly. And I would go, you know what? That wasn't my expectation. My expectation was that I would be safe. Mm-hmm. And so when reality comes in way lower than my expectations, that's where I take every thought captive and remember, like you said, and reorient my expectation to not be an expectation of a situation, mm-hmm. but an expectation of Christ and his goodness. But when it is of a situation, which I think is normal for humans mm-hmm. to think this is what I can count on and this is what I'm expecting, when it is lower then that's us having to be able to say, okay, my attitude normally would be negative because this is completely different than my expectation. However, because I am in Christ, I'm choosing that my reality will not dictate my expectation at all Mm -hmm. and my attitude will improve. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. I mean, that's a really great perspective um, because I think, you know, especially... You know what are we? Ex- what are our expectations? What are they in? And you're basically saying those are in c- circumstances, and we are going to be disappointed. I mean, the reality and our it's you know we we have control over responses, not necessarily our circumstance. So in that situation, mm-hmm. we are still to look to Him, right? And so, I, you know, I just think about like our hope as followers in Jesus Christ is um, Him. You know, our hope is in him. So if our expectations are in him, he will never disappoint us. Right. He will never, ever come in just shy of the mark, mm-hmm. which I think is is great. So it's what our expectations are in, hmm. ultimately. Yeah. Well, and it makes you think, too, especially for mom and daughter relationships or parent-child relationships in general, what are your expectations of your parents? And what are the parents' expectations of the child? And what's the reality? If you're disappointed in your child over and over, and your, your attitude is dependent on whether or not your child lives up to your expectations, mm-hmm. and that's not the reality, then you will constantly be disappointed rather than saying, you know what, Christ is good, and even though my child is floundering right now, or even though my mom or dad is struggling, or even though my mom or dad is failing me, my expectation should be in Christ, mm-hmm. not in my parents. Mm-hmm. Because reality normally would say that parents are going to fall short children are going to fall short but at the end of the day our expectation should be in christ however i do think that there's also a time that we should have expectations in our parents we should be able to rely on our parents and i think that's biblical would Rel- you say? well it depends on what you mean by rely i mean i think about the author david tripp and um in his book parenting mm-hmm. it's probably one of the best books i've ever read read on parenting and he would he he does such a nice job of how we are to apply the gospel in our parenting relationships. So um, mm-hmm. if we do apply the gospel, let's say in a situation where a child's disappointing or maybe acting out or just they're broken, mm-hmm. and we need to see our children as broken, 
Um, but still, because of you know grace of God, they still can um, be redeemed. Mm. And we need to be agents of reconciliation for our children and not, I mean, you know, posing expectations is like a pharisaical kind of attitude where, you know, the Pharisees, they um, impressed attitudes and expectations on everybody around them and nobody could live up to them, not even themselves. They had little ability to keep the law. So I, I think it really comes down to do we trust in the gospel for our everyday situations? And as parents, are we applying the gospel to our children? As children, do we also apply the gospel to our expectations mm. of our parents? What does it look like to apply the gospel? That my parent, my mom, my dad, they're just a broken individual saved by grace if they are saved. Mm. If they're not, they're redeemable. And Jesus can save them, um, but there's nothing that I can do, only only by Jesus Christ. You just you know that inherently we're all broken, mm-hmm. and a child's no different. I mean, especially depending on whether or not they've chosen to follow you know Jesus at that point, um, a child's just a broken vessel that bears the image of God. You know, I mean, mm. so. The fact that that um, that that child doesn't des- I mean they obviously don't deserve my love, but I can give it unconditionally, mm-hmm. and I can choose grace and mercy yeah. in the way that we f- lead them, and and really model the the um, servant leader Jesus Christ. Yeah, and I think it's interesting thinking about it that way because as we get older as daughters and as children, we get older and we realize, dang, our parents are not perfect. But we also realize what it means to actually apply the gospel and not be legalistic and not be condemning or look at our parents and say, every single little thing you're doing is frustrating. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But like you said, remembering they are sinners saved by grace, hopefully, or they're redeemable, but it's they're sinners saved by grace and they show me grace every single day. And so I should do the same. And I think that's a kind of a mark of maturity too for children, for adults, for everyone. Like you did a really good job of it growing up because never did I feel like your love was conditional. Every single time I would do something wrong, you would rightfully correct that behavior, but it wouldn't change your love for me. It wasn't dependent on how I acted. You wouldn't give me the silent treatment. That's a really safe place to be for a child to go, wow, I know that there will be discipline and correction. And for some reason, that's freeing. And there's a lot of freedom in that. And so I think when I say it's healthy to have expectations of parents, I think it's the expectation of they will, to the best of their ability, and you can correct me if I'm wrong or fight me on this, but love me unconditionally, but also be there to provide boundaries and safeguard. I mean, in a previous episode, you had talked about children really want direction from their parents and they want to be feeling like there's control around the situation they don't want to feel like there's completely no guardrails at all Mm -hmm. no I agree I think I think the more difficult though situation well maybe not more difficult because I think just in parenting alone you know there's there can be so much correction so many guardrails so many 
um, guidelines, you know, that we lose sight of what the gospel is inherently. But I think it's when it's flipped. I think it's when children have such high expectations for their parents and parents do fail or do, you know, make errors and make mistakes. Um, I don't know. I Maybe it's because I am a parent in that situation, but I almost feel like it's more difficult to overcome that than a, a parent who is extending grace to their child. I don't know. Mm. Maybe not. No, I think that's a good point. Because, because I, th- I think part of it is, too, that that children, da- whether they're daughters or sons, it doesn't matter, but especially daughters who, you know, look to their parents to protect them and their mom to protect them and nurture and, um, and be close. Mm-hmm. Um, when something does go awry, you know, it, I, I don't, I just, I don't know how much grace there is in that situation versus yeah. the other, because hmm. frankly, you just haven't had as many experiences like where I am on a, uh, the other side. I know how easy it is for someone to make a mistake or say something in anger or whatever, disappoint, you know, but then not carrying the disappointment around, you know, and the burden of shame, I think, is huge. So there's that propensity to sit on the other side. Hmm. So, um, I mean, I think, you know, for me, I'm just, I'm totally aware of my fallibility, mm-hmm. but sometimes when I see things from your perspective through the lens of your eyes, um, I'm like, man, I just, I'm not measuring up and mm-hmm. it shouldn't be your expectations that I'm dealing with, but it should be Jesus Christ. Hmm. That's good. No, I think you're right. And I think it's really easy as a daughter, especially as an eldest daughter, who wants to lead for her sisters, but then also, as I'm growing up, I have my idea of right and wrong, very black and white leadership, thinking that it has to be a certain way. And it's easy to judge, especially growing up. I would judge you or I would go, Mom, why are you doing this? Mom, why are you doing that? And I was always on your case, but you're right. And I think it's a mark of maturity when you grow up and you realize we are all human and my parents are human too. Yeah. Yike, that was heavy. I know. That was really <laughs> heavy. I was not expecting that. Yeah. Thought it was going to transition into something Man, else. millstone <laughs> around my neck. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm kidding. I mean, it's been a week. Mom got carbon monoxide poisoning. Yeah. And I slipped and fell and cracked my tailbone <laughs> on the drive. It's been a stellar week. It really has. Yeah. Dang. No, but I'm thankful. No, I am too. Yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Mothers and Daughters. Next week, we're going to be talking about something else. Probably a little bit lighthearted. <laughs> but we hope that this drove you into a deeper appreciation of our King and a greater understanding of how to extend the gospel to both your parents and if you have children, your children as well. But not even just them, your friends too. Absolutely. We'll talk to you guys next week. Absolutely.